brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Been in an accident and have more questions than answers? The Advocates will guide you through the process and support you every step of the way. The Advocates will stand by your side and fight for the settlement you deserve. Call today and pass your stress to the Advocates. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an Advocate. Available 24-7 online at MontanaAdvocates.com. A February evening. Although winter, the day's temperatures caused the snow to melt and created a muddy mess in the city of Billings' south end. That didn't stop a man and his wife from going out for a walk. It would come to an abrupt halt, however, once they walked upon something they never expected to see, a someone actually, a young local prostitute shot to death. Almost five decades later, despite a confession from one man and another who admitted to taking money from her, this murder continues to unnerve investigators. This is Montana Murder Mysteries. This is the unsolved shooting death of Billings prostitute, Ruth Lori Ballou. Welcome everyone to Montana Murder Mysteries. I'm your host, Angela Marshall. This unsolved murder has been assigned case number 77-70266 by the Yellowstone County Sheriff's Office for more than 45 years. To date, it is the county's oldest unsolved cold case. And today, I'm going to open the case file for you, our listeners, because old murders never die. Saturday, February 5th, 1977, the evening, around 5.45 p.m. Emergency dispatchers received a phone call from the owner of a local helicopter company. Gerhard Blaine of Billings Flying Service told dispatchers a couple just came to his house frantic. They alerted him while out walking on Jellison Road near the city of Billings landfill, they found a woman's cold, lifeless, dead body. And how was she killed? Uh, she was shot multiple times. Captain Dan Paris with the Yellowstone County Sheriff's Office spoke with longtime television and radio broadcaster Lynn Turner Fitzgerald. That interview was posted on a YCSO's website for the cold case unit. At the time of the interview, Captain Paris was a sergeant. Or he's the one who reported. I think there was, a, there was an old couple that were out for a walk and actually came up on the body, and then his was the nearest oh, residence right. that yeah. they got to. Right, right. Because he's in Blue Creek, his operation was in Blue Creek for many, many years. Yes. Jellison Road runs from east to west parallel to the Yellowstone River, south of the city of Billings. It winds through a rural area of the Magic City, then leads to a more industrial area that includes the landfill. It crosses over Blue Creek before intersecting with Blue Creek Road. 
According to an article in the Billings Gazette dated Monday, February 7, 1977, Ruth had been dead for one or two days by the time her body was found. Ruth was petite. She stood 5 feet 1 inch tall and weighed 124 pounds. She had long wavy blonde hair parted in the middle and blue eyes. She was known to wear glasses. And from pictures of her that I found in Montana newspapers, she appeared attractive, sweet in a sense. Sergeant Matt McCauby, who was heading the investigation at the time, declined to release how many times Ruth had been shot and with what caliber of a gun. He said, quote, only the killer knows the answer to those questions and we want to keep some details secret. It was revealed Ruth was shot in the face. One newspaper clipping stated, quote, her death looked like a gangland execution. Ruth was fully clothed when she was found. She did not appear to have struggled with her killer, nor has she been sexually assaulted. Authorities declined to comment whether she was killed at that location or somewhere else and her body was dumped there. They did not find a murder weapon. They did not find shell casings. Immediately, six detectives were assigned to work the case full-time, four sheriff's deputies and two Billings policemen, and they launched a manhunt to find her murderer. Ruth Lori Ballou was born on September 19, 1955, to William and Fern Ballou in Plentywood, Montana. Plentywood, by the way, is located in the upper northeast corner of the state, near the border with North Dakota, and it's more than a five-hour drive from Billings, by the way, of the fastest route. Little is known about Ruth's childhood, from what I could dig up anyway, but according to her obituary, Ruth was the only girl in a family of three boys, and her brothers, Dean, Keith, and Curtis, called her Ruthie. Right after Ruth was born, in 1956, her family moved to Billings, but they didn't stay long. A year later, in 1957, the Ballou family packed up and moved to Shelby, Montana. That's another five-hour drive from Billings, but it's located on Montana's High Line, or the upper portion of the state. Ten years later, in 1967, the family would eventually make their way back to Billings to call the Magic City, specifically the Trailer Village, home. According to a story written about Ruth called The Invisible Girl and published in the Billings Gazette, Ruth attended Newman Elementary School just down the street from her house in the Trailer Village then Riverside Junior High and Billings West High School. She was considered a student, quote, with a perfect C average. She was neither an exceptional student nor a problem child, but she was a loner. Ruth was diabetic. It was revealed in that same story. Ruth was diagnosed at the age of seven, and in the last two years before her death, her health had taken a turn for the worst, with her needing to have two insulin shots every day. She also suffered from cerebral palsy, a brain condition that left her right arm partially paralyzed. Her health challenges and her shyness didn't stop Ruth from dating beginning her senior year. After she graduated high school in 1974, she found herself engaged to a fellow member at the Bethlehem Lutheran Church where she taught Sunday school, a man by the name of Bruce Wyman. But that courtship didn't last. And many people started to notice a change in Ruth when she started dating a man by the name of Dan Spat. At 33 years old, Spat was 12 years older than Ruth. He would call himself a music man, playing guitar for a local country western band known as the Sharecroppers. But many in the community knew him as an ex-con. Spat was imprisoned in 1962 after pleading guilty to burglarizing the Veterans of Foreign Wars Club, and others would call him Ruth's Pimp. The investigation revealed that she was a prostitute, and 
So of course the suspicion always comes around the pimps that are working in town or the guys who are managing the working girls through that through the time period. Right. And all that. So that was part of the initial investigation and some of that is still ongoing. Almost a year earlier, on March 25th, 1976, Ruth was arrested on charges of soliciting for prostitution. Ruth didn't appear in court, however, on account of her sickness and shyness. Instead, she asked a local bondsman to take $300 to city court so she could forfeit the bond without contesting the charges. That was one of two reported prostitution arrests for Ruth. Although she worked in the downtown area of Billings, she was known to frequent the old Empire Bar, which was located on Montana Avenue, and it was known as one of Billings' roughest taverns. Open since 1935, it finally closed down in 2006. Spat admitted to taking money from Ruth and another local prostitute, Lucy. He said to a Gazette reporter, as read by my coworker Zach Kaplan, I ain't no pimp. I know some say I am. What I did was take the money from them, Ruth and Lucy, they'd walk up to me and hand me the money and I'd stick it in my pocket. Anybody would, any man take that kind of money. He'd be a fool not to. At the time, Ruth's parents did not know she was working as a prostitute. Spat even spoke out, saying he avoided confronting the Baloos about her job or confronting them at all. Lucy said Ruth didn't want them to know. In 1977, Dr. Jennifer James of the University of Washington reported to Como News about the increase in prostitution across America. Here's what she had to say. Teenagers learn very quickly that one of the ways to have independence is to be able to take care of yourself. If you have to rely on your parents or foster parents, you're in trouble. How do you take care of yourself? You have to have money to live. You're 14 years old, how do you earn money to live? Very quickly at a state institution or from someone down the street, you learn you can prostitute. Back in Montana, the Yellowstone County attorney at the time said, changing values have blurred the lines between love and promiscuity for thousands of teenagers. Harold Hansen added, quote, you'll be seeing more and more problems with it as fewer and fewer people think there's anything wrong with it. In 1977, America was gaining momentum as the greatest nation in the world, due in large part to its pop culture moving at an unprecedented pace, according to MrPopCulture.com. 1977 was a year of fantasy, especially involving space, with the dawning of the Star Wars franchise. And efforts were made to turn fantasy into reality as the world's first PC, the Commodore PET, was introduced at the Consumer Electronics Show in Chicago and the video game console, Atari 2600, was released in the homes. Feathered hair, bell bottoms, and disco were in full force, with movies like Saturday Night Fever hitting cinemas. And rock music would continue to own the attention of Americans, with the release of Fleetwood Mac's Rumors album, the best-selling album of the decade, and Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody, the best-selling single in the last 25 years. The evolution of new ways to live especially with free love and the hippie movement, new ways to expand one's mind with increasing use of dope, coke, and quaaludes solidified the 1970s as the era of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Ruth Lori Ballou, the invisible girl, appeared to have bought into that lifestyle. She was not known to use drugs on account of her health condition, but in the months leading up to her death, Ruth was said to have been living in multiple different locations with her boyfriend, Dan Spat, even with her parents, moving about seemingly unnoticed by the people around her. 
Still, authorities knew someone knew something in regards to her death. They continued to question her parents, her family, her friends, and her so-called Johns. They wanted to speak with anyone who had contact with her recently. They had several reports leading up to probably about 30 hours or so before they found her dead. Um, you know, we've, they've tracked back to a uh, place they think where she ate what they thought was her last meal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they have a, the timeline's fairly solid up to a certain point, and then it's the lack of information in from that time to when she's located. Less than a week after Ruth's murder, the Special Homicide Investigation Team received a letter from an anonymous tipster. And in that letter, what sheriff's deputies said contained pertinent information in the murder of Ruth Lori Ballou. They utilized the local media and asked the tipster to come forward and to speak with them. Another week went by and no contact was made. Then a month would go by and the leads would stop coming in. That is, until March 10, 1977. Court records report a surprising confession. Sworn statements filed in Yellowstone County Justice Court revealed Ruth's brother, Dean William Ballou, quote, reportedly gave contradictory stories to officers, one of which involved him and the homicide of Ruth Ballou. Dean was interviewed by a local psychiatrist, a man by the name of Dr. Joseph Rich. Court records state, quote, Dean told the doctor that he killed the victim with a 22 caliber rifle. But in a search of Dean's car for either the weapon or shells or both, detectives only found a Coke can and a cigarette box. Dean was also said to have been under the influence of sodium amytal. It's a barbiturate drug that is often used as a sedative. Now, in my research, I was not able to find out if Dean took this drug on his own or if it was prescribed to him by the psychiatrist. In a so-called sodium amytal interview, the drug was used by psychiatrists to help relax the patient, help them uncover experiences from their past, and help them extract the truth. So the drug was also called the truth serum. But because Dean's confession was drug-influenced, it was discounted by police, and Dean himself later retracted it. Captain Paris went on to say, law enforcement does not have any contact with the family at this point anymore. By December of 1978, so close to two years after Ruth's death, hers was one of seven unsolved murders under investigation in Yellowstone County. In fact, hers was one of three that involved young women who were said to be promiscuous. The others, 21-year-old Marcia Helgeson, whose nude body was found stabbed to death on Alkalide Road in Billings on September 13, 1978, and 17-year-old Karina Contreras, whose body was found beaten in a pool of blood on Prior Creek Road outside of Billings on December 22nd of that same year. Now, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know that I covered their murders in detail in the Season 6 episode of Rural Road Killings. Here is an excerpt. It was easy for Karina to come and go as she pleased, a lifestyle once similarly lived by Marsha Helgeson. Well, as we've gone back and reviewed this case, it appears that was not uncommon for her. That for her to, uh, despite her young age, she was, again, just as uh, Marsha Helgeson was, uh, she was very comfortable um, leaving her house at 3 o'clock in the morning to go visit friends. Um, and to go hang out with a boyfriend or with other friends, and that was not uncommon at all. Um, she lived in a very close-knit community where she would pass back and forth between family and friends' homes uh, easily, and I would say that it would not be uncommon for her, fam her family, her father in particular, to maybe not know where she was 
um, and not in a neglectful way. Just she had that she had that kind of freedom. She was a uh, had the freedom to uh, be very comfortable in the building community on her own. Was her murder as brutal as the murder of Marsha Helgeson? Not in my opinion. However, it was still a very violent crime. Eerily similar to how and where Marsha's body was found three months prior. There's no way for me to be safe for sure because I've in my job and career I've had that moment where, well, I can't believe that's actually a coincidence. But I have a hard time believing that uh, based on looking at the two crime scenes and the ages of the victims and the uh, lifestyle of the victim that there's no connection to them. I find it hard to believe. Today, no motive has ever been established in the killing of Ruth Lori Ballou. Investigators are still considering the fact she got into trouble while working as a prostitute from either her pimp or from a john, but no arrests have ever been made connected to her murder. Uh, again, we, uh, we do have science on our side again in this case. Mm -hmm. um, of course, with her occupation, it makes it a little more tricky, but we're still working on that angle too. Um, really, we just need new information or somebody to come in and fill in some of the gaps and some of the information that we have. And maybe somebody who uh, has moved on isn't feeling the allegiance to somebody or something that they used to feel. Uh, you know, now would be the time to come forth. Thank you for listening to Montana Murder Mysteries. If you have any information on the murder of 21-year-old Ruth Lori Ballou, you can contact the Yellowstone County Sheriff's Office at 406-869-3530, or you can email them at mwallace at co.yellowstone.mt.gov. If there's another case you would like me to cover, you can send me a tip by going to the Montana Murder Mysteries webpage. Now to get there, log on to montanarightnow.com, click on the Featured tab, and then on Montana Murder Mysteries. And while you're there, you'll also be able to view pictures, maps, and newspaper clippings of each case. From there, you'll see a button to send me tips. I can also be reached by sending me a message on my professional Facebook page, Angela Marshall, ABC Fox, MT. And most importantly, if you like this show, make sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave a review. Montana Murder Mysteries is researched, written, and produced by myself, Angela Marshall, with sound editing and design by Sidney Hansen. Talk to you in two weeks. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.